Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let's turn our Bibles real quickly. You say, boy, it's a quarter after 11. Don't worry. It'll be longer than that. Before you know it, hallelujah. Take a snooze and, and in just enjoy the journey. Because when you awake, it'll be me staring you in your face. All right, now, <laughs> let's turn your Bibles to Luke, the fourth chapter. We're going to read from verse 1 through 8. Today we're going to unveil, if we have time, the seven kingdoms that dominate this earth. And then we will start dissecting them, how to overcome them, how to reverse their rule and their reign and their territorial authority and influence in your life, in your home, and in your community. Hallelujah. Luke 4, 1, 8 says this, Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Jesus answered him, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And the devil taketh him up into a high mountain, showeth him all the kingdoms, plural, of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, all this power, power was in the ownership or the right to access the kingdoms. He said, all this power will I give unto thee and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will give it. We're going to stop right there. Now, we talked about Jesus going through the time of transition. And really, nobody is going to find their position in, the, in any kingdom of God or portion of it until you go through transition. It's transition that God transforms us from glory to glory, that the latter end is better than the former end. It's where the old man is crucified. It's where we shun these things. A lot of people don't realize that Jesus went into the wilderness as Joseph's son. He returned declaring the son of the living God. And there is this place of transition. In other words, there is a divine work of God that takes place on us. It is the identity of transference of who you are into who God wants you to be in the moment or in the position that God is placing you into. And so when we look at these, understand that the... Not just two, but plural. And so we're going to talk about the seven kingdoms. Now, each kingdom has power and glory. Now, the power and the glory in these kingdoms were already established before God, uh, before Adam transferred them by sin into Satan's hand. So God didn't fill them with glory and power after Satan got them. He filled them with power and glory when he gave Adam the right to control, rule, and bring them under submission or to have dominion over. So Adam sins, these kingdoms are granted unto him or given unto him. 
Never God's intention, but it is what it is. And so God sends, henceforth, sends Jesus and redeems us, and we'll get on from there. Now, the word power simply means authority, jurisdiction, ability to control or influence a region, a territory, a sphere of space. And then the word glory means this. The word glory means that in every kingdom there is honor, praise, worship, riches in order to receive service from those that are in it. See, that's why we are translated out of the kingdom of darkness and seated into the kingdom of God's dear son. But we have to understand that in every one of these kingdoms that we're going to talk about, there is power. There is the ability to influence nations and generations. Now that should speak volumes to us of how our generations are being influenced. And then we understand that each kingdom is filled with glory. In other words, there is honor, there is a place of worship, there is a place of surrender, and there is a place of wealth in it, and it is used to cause people to serve whatever or whoever is in control of that kingdom sphere. Now, a kingdom is this. A kingdom is a spiritual order when you and I are talking about it. And there are two kingdoms that are dominant in the world today. That is the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And these two kingdoms in this world both seek to govern and to rule man's life. One produces life when we submit to it. The other produces death. And sometimes people will get connected to the kingdom of light, but still live connected to the kingdom of death. Now that's abnormal and it's perversion and it's not the fullness of God's plan. When we come out from a kingdom, we are to come out all of the way. Amen? And then these two kingdoms, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of life, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of love is opposite of the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of death, the kingdom of hatred, and the kingdom of division. Now, in this, a kingdom is this. It is a spiritual order or a form of government, power or influence or dominion where people conform to the word or the will and decrees of the ruler of that kingdom. Notice what it said. A kingdom is a structure of government. Remember, we confess Jesus as Lord, right? What do we do? We step into a structure of government where we surrender all that we have and he takes up total authority. Now that's true redemption and that's true Christianity. Christianity today doesn't even hardly have a glimmer of what Christianity is. Christianity is not putting God in the time slot that you can afford him. If that's your kingdom, you are the king. Yeah. If you are taking away reasonable service from God and defining it 
by the time that you can allot it, you are in charge of your own life. Come on. You, you know, the biggest thing to do is look into a mirror and say, that's not me when it is you. Don't lie to yourself. If you're not going to lie to anybody, don't lie to yourself because you'll be a liar to everybody else. Amen. You got to look into a mirror and see who you are. Embrace it, accept it, change it if it needs to be changed, and lift it if it doesn't. James 1, through 25. Now, it says a kingdom is a spiritual order. Now, these kingdoms are not seen but their fruits and their evidence of their existence is seen very plainly. But a kingdom is a spiritual order or form of government, power, influence, dominion, where people under that kingdom are conformed because of the will and the decrees of its leaders. You cannot be a king in a kingdom and not be conformed by the will or the decrees of its king. If you are, you'll be a rebel. If you are, you are an enemy of that kingdom. Amen. Could I get an amen? It, it's, see, we were enemies of the kingdom of God. But when we came into the kingdom, we're no longer enemies. We have been conformed. We have complied to the will of God. And now we are embracing the decrees of God. So, let's go to, uh, to show this. Uh, in our case, it is the Lord, the church, that represents the kingdom as ambassadors. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.20. We're going to be looking at three or four or five scriptures here to confirm this. Remember that people in a kingdom are conformed to the will and the decrees of the kingdom that they are in. So, and it says this, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled unto God. Every person that is in a, in a kingdom, when they are conformed to the will and the decrees of that king, and you will be, or you will be expelled from that kingdom. When you do that, you become an ambassador, a representative of that kingdom. You can't be a representative of another kingdom and be a part of one kingdom. If you're in the kingdom of darkness, you will be an ambassador for the devil. If you're in the kingdom of God, you'll be an ambassador for the kingdom of God. Well, well what, if, what if I'm just not? You're lukewarm and you're just puke. I hate to say that, some of you people, oh my God, I can't believe he said that. Oh, it's puke. Amen. Jesus said he's going to spew you out of his mouth. You're no good for anything. You're just useless to be trodden under the foot of men. You, you cannot be in between two kingdoms. That's right. So get in one or get out. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You only go around in life once. Don't go around lukewarm. Amen. Go around hot on fire for something. All right, let's go to uh, the, uh, we are transformed or turned into the ambassadors of Christ, or we are under the form of the rule of God himself and the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Romans 8, 14, and 17. 
We are under the rule of God. We are ambassadors for Christ as if God did beseech you through us. So whatever kingdom that you are conformed to by his will or the decrees of that king in there, that's how you'll talk. That's how you talk. If you really want to find out if people are in the kingdom of faith, the kingdom of love, the kingdom, just listen to how they talk. Whether it's about themselves or about God or about others. Just listen to how they talk. They'll tell you where they belong. They'll tell you their real roots. I know you wish you were all Baptists today, don't you? No, you aren't Baptists. Hallelujah. You're right here. Romans 8, 14 says this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And for we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of of adoption whereby we cry Abba Father for the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God and if children then heirs heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ so it be that we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together with him and what does that tell us those that are led by the Spirit of God those that are walking in the way of God's God's Spirit, those that are reflecting, as it were, the attitude and the life of an ambassador for Christ are those that reflect that they are born in another kingdom. So we need to be led not only of the work of God, but also the work of the Holy Ghost. And if you'll go to uh, Luke 646, this is a real simple one, and then we'll look at one more, but we are also led by, transformed, and fulfilled the will of God revealed in scriptures. Revealed in scripture. And it says this right here. And it says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? In other words, you can't be in a kingdom and declare that you are surrendered to the ruler of that kingdom and not do fulfill his will or his decrees. Amen. Yep, you can't do it. You can't do it. Oh, yes, I can. No, we all, you, you, everybody will know you're a hypocrite. Don't do it. People will know. Amen. Amen. So let's do what the word says. Then let's go to James 1.22. James 1.22. This will reveal unto us that again... We are conformed to the lordship or the ruler of God being ruler in our life by God himself, by the Holy Ghost, and by the word. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Now when you think that you can be a Christian or have Jesus lord of your life and not do what he says, you're already deceived. The devil didn't do it. You did it yourself. Amen. I sometimes think the devil gets entirely too much credit for doing stuff in our life when he doesn't even show up for work. True. And he really doesn't need it because we're doing such a good job of wrecking it ourselves. Yeah. People know the answer of something and they won't do it. Then, then they come for counseling. You say, okay, do you, okay. You come back. They come back and say, well, you know, we, uh, did you do what we told you before? N- no, we, we tried that before. 
this session is over. Go back and do 101. Amen. Or you don't get 102. <laughs> now see, people would walk out of an office offended like that. But at least I didn't say, you viper. You child of the devil. You're a liar like your father has been. Praise God. You're deceived above all men. That was Jesus' talk. I'm trying to keep members. Now, so let's go next verse. James 1.22. And it says, If any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, the reflection of the redeemed man, and then begins to continue or walk as that redeemed man, he being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now, how are we conformed? We are conformed or transformed by the renewing of our mind. Could I get an amen? We need to have the Word of God, look at the Word of God, incorporate it in our life so that we can live in the kingdom of God or the kingdom of life. We are not to be kingdom dwellers by word only, but by word and by deed. All right. Now, the effect of these kingdoms in which one is ruled by or influenced by is ultimately seen in the people who are subject to that rule. In other words, if a person is really a Christian, guess what they end up doing? This is going to surprise you. Acting like Christians. Well, I haven't seen one of them for years. I know we got one on display back in the back. We're going to bring it out after service. And for 25 cents, you will behold the wonder of the world. He walks in love. He talks in love. He gives. He prays. He fasts. He seeks God. He cannot be offended. He is never weary. He is encouraging himself. He believes in the Holy Ghost. He believes in healing. He believes in casting out devils. He is a species that has almost come to non-existence. You'll get a picture of him. I'll be out there. Please put your quarters in a bucket right next to me. Amen. I'm kidding. All right, let's go to John, the eighth chapter in verse 39. Eventually, when a person is under the influence of the kingdom, you will ultimately see outward evidence of the influence ruling his life. They answered and said unto him, Jesus, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, Oh, if Abraham were your, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham, but you do the deeds of your father. And they said unto him, hey, we have not been born of fornication. We have but one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceed forth and came from God. And neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my words. Ye are of your father 
Who? The The devil. And the lust of your father you will do. Remember that you will carry out his will and fulfill his decrees. You are carrying out the lust of your father. You are doing his will. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth and because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinces me of sin? If I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is God is of God, heareth my word and therefore Therefore, hear them, ye hear them not, because you are not of God. And then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou hast, thou art a Samaritan, and thou hast a devil. Jesus answered and said, I don't have a devil, but I honor my father, and you do dishonor me. And I seek not my own glory, but there is one that seeketh and judgeth. Now, what was the first thing that Jesus knew that these men were not of the kingdom? Their attitude towards him. You don't even hear my words. You don't hear my words. <laughs> I've heard people say, well, you know, that, that guy was talking. I knew he was not true, but he almost convinced me. Listen, know who you are. And know the children of the devil. Just because they show up for church doesn't mean that they're God's people. Jesus is in the midst of a service. And they're all filled with devils, liars, and murderers. So look at the fruit. That'll tell you who they're being influenced by. Could have get an amen. Matthew 7, 15 through 23, I'll just quote it. Jesus said, you shall know them by their fruits. I hear this all the time. Oh, I'm a, you're, you're a Christian. You can't judge me. I tell, oh, absolutely. I am a Christian. Are you? Yes, I get to judge you. And you stink, son. There's things wrong in your life. Get it right. Oh, you can't judge me. I beg your pardon. Jesus told us to judge you. Judgment must begin in the house of God. Now, if you don't want judge, get out of the house. Amen. Yep. Man, I'm telling you, buddy, God is a rough. Right in your face. Get in your mess. Isn't he? Boy. Luke 6, 46 again. Tells us. If Jesus is Lord of your life. They're going to know you by what you're doing. Now. Each kingdom is a structure of government. It's spiritual in nature. But it is seen in fleshly evidence. Of what. Or where it has been born. Could have get an amen. Absolutely. All right. Okay. A king has, or a kingdom has a ruler. In the kingdom, the people conform to the will and the decree of the king and the kingdom. Now, I know I'm rehashing this because I want you to get it. Because no matter what. So many times Christians receive stuff, but they're afraid to say An apple is an apple, and this is a pear. They're just afraid to say, you don't line up. So we welcome everything into the kingdom of God. No, we welcome everybody. 
but not every doctrine and not every lifestyle. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I had a guy come in my office one time and say, well, we went to the preacher down the road and he told us it was all right to sleep together. And I said, son, you better get out in front of my desk and run back down there and seek shelter from him. Because you're about to go to hell quicker than you ever thought you could get there. Come in here and tell me it's all right for you to sleep together. What is wrong with you? Oh, but we're, we're in love. You are not in love. You are using her for your own personal gain, and she's using you for security. Or maybe vice versa. I don't know. But I'll just tell you this. If you're pulling your pants down in the name of Jesus, there's something wrong with you. And another man or a woman that would seek their pleasure to send you to hell, you better get a go-kart and get out of their life. Amen? I'm telling you, if I was single and I was a Christian and some girl tried to get me to go further than kissing, I'd say, listen, sweetheart, if you don't want to wake up with two black eyes, you best get your hands off me. I'm not going to hell for you or with you. I am going to heaven. And if you will be unfaithful to God while he's looking at you, you'll be unfaithful to me when I'm not. Mm Hmm. Yep. I've been in ministry 36 years. I've heard a lot of it. I don't think all of it, but I don't want what's left in the can. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what. Now, what is this? This is just people thinking that they're in the kingdom and they simply aren't. You have to be able to tell them, no, you're not. This is not God's will for your life. Amen. Amen. All right, well, let's go to another one. There's so much fun in the Bible. Hallelujah. Uh, A kingdom has a ruler, and the people of that kingdom do conform to the will and to the decree of the king of that kingdom. First way that it is done is by the renewing of their mind. Anybody remember what repentance is? John, what's repentance? It's it's a change of turn. Changing of your mind, turning around and thinking differently. But if your mind turns for a season or just to a particular degree and it doesn't turn all the way, you haven't been conformed to the king of the kingdom. That's right. And the Bible says God has predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. And it starts in the human mind. If you want to convince people, if you want to fill people with hate, just start saying Oh, I hate that person. Oh, they just do everything wrong. That's how Hitler turned a nation against the Jewish nation that did nothing and came about a holy cause, the slaughter of over six million Jews. He changed them to think that everybody was in superior except him. How does a nation no bigger than Ohio launch a world war against three continents how in the world do you do that get into their mind and he just got into their mind he convinced them to cancel national debt everybody canceled everybody else's debt they became one of the most prosperous nation in just about 12 years pretty cool all by the thought he convinced them to drive Volkswagens 
instead of Mercedes for the good of the country. That wasn't right. That was not right. Drive a half a car instead of a car. Praise God, I'd be a two-car family, hallelujah. All right, now, so we have to understand that the enemy, the first thing we do is we get our mind renewed. Be not conformed, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. The second thing, we put off the old man, Ephesians 4, 17 through 24, that when you renew your mind, guess what? Your outer man starts reflecting the fruits thereof. Could I get an amen? All right, so we need to realize that Paul said this. Here's, here's what Paul said. Be you followers of me as I am of Christ. Now, that's pretty brash, isn't it, Bob? I mean, uh, no, no, if you want to see Jesus, just look at me. Man, you're a heretic. No, Paul was a Christian. Telling us that it can be done, and we need to rise to do it. The people of any kingdom are a reflection of the ruler or the Lord of that kingdom, his will, and his decree. In other words, when Jesus tells us that we are the lights of the world, when people see us, they think what you're doing is the way that God would do it. They think that what you're doing is acceptable, and it should be. Could I get an amen? All right. Every person in one of the two kingdoms that are ruled or influenced in their life will ultimately produce the fruit thereof. All right, I know you're glad that that part is over. The kingdom is God, of God is made up of those who have confessed Jesus Christ as Lord of their life and continue. Somebody say continue. Confession is the beginning. The lifestyle is a continuum. To strive to walk in his rule. Jesus said this, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You are my disciples if, if you continue in my word. So in other words, if you become influenced by fear, hurt, hate, pressure, temptation, you can break the lordship of Christ and move into another kingdom of influence. That's not good. That's not good. I think Phyllis moved over there last night when she was screaming at me. She was saying, no, it's holy anger. I said, it sounds like fear and death to me. Anyway, I'm kidding. She said that when she offered me supper. Anyway, now, remember what Nicodemus, Jesus told Nicodemus, you can't come into the kingdom of God unless you be born of the Spirit. So the born-again experience is what positions us into the kingdom of God. And then the kingdom of God is what? Let's not just say it's a place, it's a region. It is a place that God rules. And the kingdom of God is where? First of all, it's at hand to those that have never been born again. In other words, it's accessible by faith in Christ. The second thing it is, the kingdom of God is in you. We are ruled by God because he is enthroned in our hearts. Right? So we automatically do what? Unveil God to the world. Remember, it's Christ in your heart, Bob. 
based on the hope of God's great desire that you will glorify or unveil Christ to the world. See, when we are under the lordship of a king in a kingdom, we can do nothing but respond to his will and his decrees. Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. Now, the kingdom of darkness has been defeated, overthrown, and lies powerless in rubble. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, All power is being given unto me. Now go ye uh, and preach the gospel. Then he says to the disciples in Colossians 2.15 that Jesus has stripped the devil, the kingdom of darkness, of all power. Every principality, power, and might, and dominion has been stripped of its power. John, the 12th chapter, verse 30 down through 34 says this, Now has the time come that I will execute judgment on a kingdom that has risen up out of the lust of a man's flesh and seated itself and gained authority by separation of God. I will execute judgment and the prince of that kingdom shall be cast out. The devil's kingdom has been laid waste. Could I get an amen? And should not be ruling in anybody or any Christian's life. Amen. Amen. Now, when we talk about the kingdom of God having all power, we talk about that part of the kingdom being called the church. Somebody say the church. Now, Mark, can I have those chairs out here? Where's Mark? Hey, Mark, can I, have, can I have chairs out here? There you go. Thank you, guys. I'm going to show you seven kingdoms that we're going to start talking about. There is the kingdom of darkness. There is the kingdom of God. But there are other realms of influence and realms of rule and dominion that we may not see as being a part of the kingdom of darkness. But their fruit their origin, their motive, and their purpose tells us that they are not being ruled by God. Could I get an amen, somebody? Now, the first kingdom is the kingdom that Nicodemus moved into by the new birth. It is the kingdom of God. It is the most powerful kingdom because it possesses all power in heaven and in earth and under the earth that was given to Christ at the defeat of the kingdom of darkness. But they are still ruled by the princes of darkness. And I'll show you how this works. So here we have, somebody say, the kingdom of God. This kingdom of God is represented by Christians, the church. And this is how people view the kingdom of God. They view it by those that say they are representatives of it. Now, this kingdom, again, is representative of the kingdom. The church is not the kingdom. The church is a representative of the kingdom. The kingdom of God has more to do than just the church. It has to do with angelic structure. It has to do with the worlds to come. It has to do with the power of the ages. It has to do with life and death. It has to do with eternity. There are multiples of things that are happening in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not the church. The church represents as ambassadors 
those that are under the influence of God Almighty through his son Christ Jesus who are carrying out his will and fulfilling his decree. That's the church. This kingdom right here, you may not realize it, but it has a spiritual structure. It has authority, dominion, and influence. It produces fruit when it is ruled by the right ruler. This kingdom is a kingdom of family. Kingdom of family. The family is a kingdom structure within a kingdom. Remember Jesus said, I go into my father to, build, to prepare you a house. Well, we as people prepare houses for our children. What are we? We are a spiritual structure under a spiritual king. So that means that our families are parts of a kingdom and we are to rule our families. The sad thing of it is, is this kingdom has been separated from the church. This kingdom had been given over to a humanistic educational system. This kingdom right here had been given over to sports, to false images of greatness for children that we think that it's more important for them to enjoy life than to be raised in the house of God. Don't point a finger at yourself. You're probably not here. You're at a ball game. That's okay. That's okay. Hopefully you'll get a hold of your children before hell gets a hold of them for eternity. Some of you visitors are saying, oh my God, what kind of church are we are in? We're in one that doesn't mess around and have a bunch of nonsense in it. Now, this kingdom right here, this is kingdom two. This kingdom right here is a kingdom of education. We have surrendered everything from sex to whether there is a God or if there's not a God over to a humanistic educational system. Your educational system is not based upon the belief of a creator. It is based upon a belief of Darwinism, evolution, which means that there was no beginning and there will be no end to man. Man has no soul and man has no spirit. Prayer used to dominate this kingdom, but because of the idleness of this kingdom, the willingness to sacrifice this kingdom, this kingdom now is in charge of our children. This kingdom is a kingdom of government. Righteousness, righteous men need to rule. But the problem is, is that righteous men are great complainers, but very few people run for office in order to rule a nation. We'll talk about this. This kingdom right here is a kingdom of finances. Kingdom of finances. You've heard the old sayings, poor as a church mouse. Where did that come from? The mentality of that kingdom right there. That is totally opposite of God that said he gives you power to get wealth to establish riches. It is the attitude of these other kingdoms, including these two, that are opposed to that kingdom, 
that spread lies. They talk about, well, there's a charlatan. And there are charlatans in that kingdom over there. But that doesn't mean that the kingdom and its principles are born out of charlatry. They are born out of truth and righteousness of a faithful God. Everybody that gets anything in the kingdom of God, taking alms and offerings and tithes, are crooks, charlatans, robbing innocent people. Money. Does anybody know how Joseph rose to rule a nation called Egypt? He produced money for Potiphar's house, and he ruled Egypt through finances. This kingdom right here, let's call it the kingdom of the arts. Sports, I'd much rather call it sports. I would like to call it hobbies, gambling, and so forth. And realize that this right here is because people lack so much of their relationship there. This governmental seat right here controls this. Have any of you, how many of you live in Ohio? Have you been seeing the posters up alongside of the board? Do you have a gambling problem? Call this number. Do you know that they started appearing about a year before gambling, even in slot machines and in certain designated areas and on uh, river boats on the Ohio River? They began a year before. In other words, they knew the bondage and the addiction that they would bring up on their people, but because of the promise of a few tax dollars, they sold your life out. That's what your congressmen, representatives here in the state of Ohio think about you. This right here, one of the most powerful kingdoms that we deal with. It is the kingdom of media. It is radio. It has to do with Wi-Fi, Facebook, Flipbook, Jipbook, Instagram, Delayedgram. It has everything to do with anything. But see, have you ever noticed the shift in the last 12 months? How the modern family no longer consists of a mother and a father? They're now two gay people raising children that have been born in a test tube or adopted or carried out by segregate mothers or whatever. What is the media doing to you in Canada? I think two years ago, was it Eric, two or three years ago, they set in motion in the educational books in this kingdom that's been taken over by the devil. And instead of raising our children in the admonition of the nurture of the Lord, they're raising it based on their agenda to create a godless generation. Now, that media... And that education system in Canada put in books to educate their children with pictures and everything to show them that you must accept the alternative life of a family or you will be deemed as 
man or a woman that is perpetrating hate crimes. That's in Canada. Well, that's in Canada. Moving south. To be here for the main screen of America in a few years coming. Yes. We're going to talk about how to break these kingdoms down and how to take them back from the devil. Remember, these were the six kingdoms that God led Egypt into Canaan with, and there were six kingdoms, and they needed to be overthrown, and they can be overthrown, and God said they would happen little by little by little by little by little. Now, it's going to take something. It's going to take this, a people consecrated to God. Number two, it's going to take people that are going to be holy to their God. Number three, it's going to take people of faith and diligence. It's going to take a non-quit spirit. We're going to have to believe what God said is happening little by little, and we just allow God to do what he's doing while we are doing what we're doing. These things can be turned around, and I believe that revival can be born in America. I believe that. I believe the church can be revitalized. I believe the church can become what she's supposed to be instead of what she is. I believe that the church can be the greatest living organism in the world. And I believe that we can see the power of God, not just in sanctuaries, in, on miracle services, but in the streets, in the land of the living. And I believe that God can transform our nation, and I believe that God can hear a truly repentive church and send healing to our land. I believe that. And so we're going to find out how to deal with these other six kingdoms. But first we're going to find out the will and the decrees of God for the representatives of his kingdom. See, the church believes that come out from among them means get out of the world and hide until Jesus comes. So we never win anybody. We're waiting for the drunken sinner to stumble into the church and to have one person a week saved. Jesus said, go ye into all the world. The church has got to get out of her seat of complacency and go to the world. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The devil has no power to stop what God is about to do. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. Hopefully you aren't bored to death. Hallelujah. Stand your feet. These are things that we need to get about. How many of you remember when your mother and father were Christians? In totally different Christianity than it is today. Why? It's being redefined. It is being mixed and defiled by an unholy world. How many of you remember that every, when I was a kid, everybody was a Christian? I mean, at the age of 12, I was uh, thumbing and hitchhiking from Bell Fountain to Indian Lake to go fishing with dead minnows that they would give me. I, read in I rode in police cars. I rode in family cars. I rode in hearse. I rode in uh, 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 trash trucks. I rode in everything. My mom and dad never even worried about me. Well, they probably didn't care, maybe, I don't know. But, you know, they never worried about me. I'd come home, 
sometime 10, 11, 12 o'clock. Sometimes the police brought me home. Sheriff would bring me home because they got worried, sent somebody after me, and I'd be out there fishing or walking the road back, 33, middle of the night. It was, it was just a different world. But now the world is dangerous. Not because of the power of the devil, but because of a passive church. We're going to take our nation back. Amen? We're going to get aggressive and we are going to do what God wants us to do for our nation. Amen? Your children your family are not too far gone. I'm evidence of that. You are evidence of that. David, how old were you when you got saved? About 34. How old were you, Steve? 45. 45. Randy, you're wanting to get saved. How old old were you? How old? 21. How old were you, Jim? Oh, you were born saved. How how old, uh, John? 22. That's early. Who in here were like 50 when you got saved? 60. 70. Sure, people all across the world are getting saved. But we need to get this down to grassroots. And we're going to change the rulers of these kingdoms. Little by little, we are going to take our nation back. We're going to take that which belongs to God back. Amen? And we can do it. Because all power is in the hands of our ruler, the Lord Jesus Christ, God Almighty. Hallelujah. Bow your head today. If you're here today, you're not a Christian. There's only one way to escape and end without Jesus Christ. And that is to do what Jesus told Nicodemus. You must be born again. You must hear the truth. You must understand that you are a sinner. You must understand the story of the cross that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave it because people, all of humanity, you and I, were born and ruled by sin. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe. The condition that you receive salvation is you must believe that Jesus was the son of the living God. The third is that you must believe and that you would not perish but have everlasting life. God wants you to understand, sinner, your end was an end that you could not escape. But one day I sent my only begotten son to a place called Calvary. He died on the cross and shed his blood that you could have eternal life. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I've never received Jesus. I've never been a Christian. Or you say, I used to be a Christian, but you know what? I just, I guess I got deceived. Whatever it was, Pastor, I just drifted away from God. And I'm connected to the kingdom of darkness And I know it's not where God wants me to be. If you're here today, you're not a Christian, or if you're what people and the Bible calls a backslider, I'm going to ask you right now just to raise your hand up in there and say, Pastor, will you please pray for me? Come on, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you say, you know what? I want to be right with God. Come on, wherever you are, raise your hand. Or if you're a backslider, see that hand. Or if you're a backslider and you say, you know what? I want to be right with God. Pastor, I want to be in the right kingdom. All right, if you raise your hand, I want you to quickly follow that hand. 
come on down here and I want to pray with you. A prayer that will get God to transform your life and for you to allow God to take you out of the kingdom of darkness and put you in the kingdom of light. Here one comes, somebody else. Somebody else. Today is your day. Make a decision that you're going to come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Don't let it pass you. Is there anybody? Come, sir. Thank you. You know, people believe a lot of things, but it takes faith and courage to stand up for what you believe. Anyone else? Let's everybody pray this prayer with me then. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you now. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ was your only begotten Son. That he died for my sins. And that on the third day, you raised him from the dead. I believe God he's alive now. Jesus, I confess you as Lord of my life. Come into my heart. I receive you now. As you have died for me, I will live for you. I am a part of the kingdom of God. I am a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Congratulations. Father, I should have blessed this young man. Guide his life. God transformed things. God let the, every shackle of the enemy be broken off of him in the name of Jesus. God, order his steps and lead him, God. And God, let the kingdom of God burst forth with evidence upon his life, a changed life, a life of blessing, a life of obedience and commitment, and a life of faith and thanksgiving to you. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, John. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. Let's sing that song, Praise Go Up. What is that, the faith? All right, praise God. All right, let's sing that song. You ready to blow it out, go it out? All right. Wednesday night, I'm going to be continuing along the lines of when does the Holy Ghost leave you? When does the Holy Ghost leave you? When does the Holy Ghost leave you? Had somebody that's sleeping with his girlfriend get offended at me and leave service Wednesday. Because I said, if you keep committing fornication, you aren't going to go to heaven and God's going to depart from you. He thought that was wrong. I think that was right. Come on. Hallelujah. Wednesday night. Be a part of it. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday evening.